0: Howdy! On today's episode of the Better Living for Texans podcast, we're switching it up a bit from our usual format, which means you're stuck with just me today. A quick backstory, I saw a stat from the USDA that Americans consume more than the recommended share of meat and grains in their diets, but less than the recommended share of fruits, dairy, and vegetables. Of course, I was curious and I wanted to know more, thus began my search, why don't Americans eat enough fruits and vegetables? Thanks for being here. I'm Emily Nelson, and as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I'm the Multimedia Project Specialist for Better Living for Texans. However, a fun fact, I'm also a geographer. I received my bachelor's degree from Texas Tech in Geography. Wreck them, so that also means I'm the biggest map nerd ever. But realistically, I mean, geographers we also study places and cultures and trends that affect people's lives. So when I saw that Americans eat too much meat and grains but not enough vegetables or fruit, I wanted to know more. If you remember, uh, we talked about my plate on the podcast before, so be sure to check out episode four if you haven't. As you know, there are five food groups. So there's protein, grains, fruit, vegetables, and dairy. And again, in 2011, the USDA dropped the pyramid in favor of this kind of plate visual, which officially is called MyPlate. And uh, again, if you listen to episode four, I kind of explain it all in the beginning, but the idea is to make your plate look like, uh, your, your, your personal plate look like MyPlate, the actual diagram. So about half of your, you know, the plate should be fruits and vegetables with some grains, protein, and a sort of low-fat dairy, such as milk or yogurt. Uh, and the guidelines also come with several tips including uh, to strive to eat whole grains and watch your portion size and drink water instead of sugary beverages. So if these updated guidelines and visuals are making it easier to remind us of the amount of fruits and vegetables we need to eat, and we know that the consumption of fruits and vegetables lead to a healthy diet that can reduce many many chronic diseases, then why isn't it happening? Well, the answer is it's, it's kind of complicated. And the reality is there's a lot of different factors. The first big factor, which probably comes to mind, is cost. So a study at the American Journal of Clinic nutrition, Clinical Nutrition looked at how many calories your dollars can buy according to each food group. So when it comes to how many calories you get per dollar, essentially sugar and vegetable oils and the refined grains deliver a higher bang for your buck than fruits or vegetables do. Not many people have to ask themselves, you know, would I rather spend more money on this piece of fruit if it's not really going to fill me up? So think about, you know, if you're in a convenience store, half a dozen powdered donuts cost 99 cents, but a small package of blueberries may be 4.99 or something, way more expensive. So if you only have a you know handful of cash in your wallet which seems to be the more realistic choice. And obviously we know the healthy choice. We know the answer. Oh, you should get the blueberries though, because they're, you know, way more nutritious. But realistically, what, what are you going to go for? So second, if you also listen to our episode on food insecurity, you may remember that price is just one factor and that food insecurity as defined by the USDA is a lack of, of consistent access to enough food for an active, healthy life. And food insecurity occurs due to a handful of factors, most of of which are related, including a lack of affordable housing, social social isolation, chronic or acute health problems, high medical costs, low wages, again, all those concepts we explored in that episode. And food insecurity, paired with very rural or underserved areas, leads to what we call food deserts, meaning that you have to travel greater distances to access any substantial array of all five food groups. So in addition to the obvious price and location of healthy resources available, it's no secret that, that, you know, quote, junk food gets better marketing, which affects all Americans across socioeconomic boundaries. So just think about how many fast food commercials you see, yet none for your local farmer's market. So in the book, Salt, Sugar, Fat, How the Food Giants Hooked Us, Author and journalist Michael Moss discusses how marketing campaigns, ranging from television commercials to print advertising to literally anything around us, entices us to consume foods we know aren't nutritious for us, but can also redirect the concerns about our health risks of that product. So for example, think about when you go to the movies, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Well, for some of it, it may be the actual film. Second, you probably thought popcorn. For some of us, popcorn may have been the first thing you thought of. And there's absolutely no law or cultural tradition that's passed down from generations that has told us you must eat popcorn while watching a movie. It's it's just what we do. We've convinced ourselves that we must eat popcorn even if it's not even the healthy pop or the low sodium version, we get that popcorn that's covered in butter and grease and we're willing to spend an arm and a leg on and somehow convince ourselves that we'll save money if we bundle it with an oversized Coke or Dr. Pepper and even a candy on the side maybe. We don't need that to watch a movie, but we've told, we've been told and we tell ourselves through advertisements and through years of going to the movies that in order to have the full experience popcorn must be included. So that same kind of concept actually stretches to understanding how like I said in that initial statistic I found that we eat too much meat and grains. The answer as to why this is a problem in the United States is because it's cultural. So most dishes we serve prioritize a meat as kind of the main event. They're the, the they're the star of the show. But when we think about vegetables or fruit, it's kind of like the supporting actor. So think about when you maybe go to um, go to a restaurant and you may get, you know, baked chicken, but what do you get on the side? You get a smaller portion of maybe steamed vegetables. That is an excellent healthy option that you get multiple food groups. But again, see how just that that the verbiage of how we talk about it is meat being, like I said, the main event and vegetables being kind of a side, or maybe an afterthought. And so the act of reprioritizing the importance of fruits and vegetables can be hard and it won't happen overnight. However, studies show that when fruits and vegetables are considered essentials, you'll be more likely to stock up on frozen items or stop by a farmer's market or build cheap meals around vegetables and beans. So according to a USDA study back in 2010, it was possible to satisfy the dietary guidelines for $2 to $2.50 a day. Or about 50 cents for each cup of usable food. That's not that bad. That's pretty affordable. So after all of that, a glimmer of hope? Well, of course there is. And Better Living for Texans is here to help. Though we can't stop you from eating popcorn the next time you go to the movies, we can help you think about making the most of your trip to the store, even if it's picking up a few items at the dollar store. There are ways to save money at your local grocery store to get the most nutritious foods on a tight budget. Our first Start to a Healthier You course is designed to help you make small changes in your lifestyle to make your kitchen safer, incorporate more fruits and vegetables, and save money at the store, and so much more. So even if you live far from a supermarket, BLT has programs to help you learn basic gardening practices, even uh, if you want to maybe grow your own vegetables for consumption in your backyard or even on your patio. Programs like Growing and Nourishing Healthy Communities and Learn, Grow, Eat, and Go are designed to help make healthy, fresh foods more accessible than ever. At Better Living for Texans, we're here to help you. And if you're listening to this, wondering where you fit in, I urge you to go into the description of this episode on Spotify or Apple, wherever you're listening, and go click on the link to the map. (laughs) Don't think that you could get away from this episode without seeing at least one map. Um, But through the information, if you go go look on it, it's a, it's, um, a map of the United States, two maps actually, the one on top of each other. And um, through the information gathered by the CDC in 2009 you can see which states are eating more fruits and which ones are eating more vegetables. And if you look at the map, see where your state is and I urge you to look around and, and try and notice if there's any trends maybe regionally across the United States. Think about why is my state you know Texas for example is on the, the back half of not eating enough fruits and vegetables. When we look at nationwide statistics, think about what can I do or what can be different about my community, about my surroundings, that we could maybe help change that statistic. Obviously, BLT has resources, recipes, and other materials for you to help make sure you're getting the right amount of nutrients in, in all of your meals. So this was a little short, a little bit different of an episode, but be sure to like, follow, and subscribe and check us out on social media on facebook.com backslash uh, better living for Texans on Instagram and Twitter at better Texans or online at blt.tamu.edu. We are here to help and we will see you next week. The USDA is an equal opportunity provider and employer. This material was funded by the USDA's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP.